Dave and Darren about to drop another one of those top five things that you enjoy so well. It's a podcast that reviews what we got done on our popular morning show. Super popular. Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about it. Hey, look, we're glad that you're here. We're glad you downloaded this, and we hope you enjoy what we're about to present in numerical order. And, that, and that's all. The top five things. That's right. Where, where do we even start, Darren? Well, let's... Try something new. Let's okay. start with number one. I like that. Number one. 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 Number one. Number one. Monday mornings often give us the opportunity to review some advice that's being given out by advice columnists. These are not people who are looking for advice from strangers on the internet. This is the old-fashioned, hey, there's a column in the newspaper, and maybe they'll know what I should do. For example, Darren. Mm-hmm. Should my family continue to withhold the news of my great aunt's death from her sisters after three years of lying? Oh, boy. So a great aunt is your mom and dad's aunt, right? That's what a great aunt is. Okay. My great aunt passed away from natural causes almost three years ago. Her daughter decided to withhold telling her sisters about the death because we were unable to hold a proper funeral at the time and also because one of the sisters has a health condition where stress can cause seizures. We all agreed to tell the elders once the pandemic lifted and we could hold a funeral service. The past two years have involved all of us pretending the lie that our aunt is still alive. Family phone calls that involve her daughter and the aunts get awkward. They constantly ask about her sister and she'll just say, oh, she's resting, or she went out to the store, or provide some other excuse for why her mother can't come to the phone. The family is about to gather in person to hold a very simple gathering to properly mourn and grieve our great aunt. Our daughter, her daughter, however, has decided that telling her aunts about their sister's death will do more harm than good. When the aunt with the health condition learns of her sister's passing, it will, we agree, probably trigger a seizure. Given her age and frailty, there's a high likelihood that a seizure could severely injure or even kill her. All right, so they think they're protecting her. That's what they think. But she's gone to the store. What kind of store? A dirt store. <laughs> to take a nap. To take a nap. She's what talking. kind of nap? A dirt nap. <laughs> I feel so everyone gonna... deserves proper closure when someone passes, and I'm therefore leaning towards having the truth come out. But this feels like a situation in which there are significant downsides to the truth as well as to the lie. Uh-huh. Hmm. So if they were if they were eventually gonna tell the sisters, mm -hmm. they're gonna have to the lie is gonna have to be she just passed away. Yeah, we're going to have to continue a, a, a different lie. Yeah. That I'm, she just passed away, and we're going to have a ceremony. Skydiving accident. It was the damnedest thing. Packed her own chute. Came in hot. <laughs> her first like a jump. Like a falling star. <laughs> I would think that the stress of not being able to talk to your sister, like she's never around, maybe yeah. that would trigger something. Well, they, they, they reached out, and the columnist here consulted a medical specialist uh -huh. who says that stress-induced seizures are rarely fatal. Mm. However old or fragile I was, I cannot imagine 
wanting to be kept in the dark about the death of a close relative, they say. The ruse, no matter how well intended, was a misjudgment from the start, and each day you perpetrate it, it represents a further misjudgment. So yeah, the 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 advice here is you got to tell these. Okay, people. but are but there are you going to tell them that it happened three years ago, or are you going to tell them it just happened? I think if it's me, I tell them it just happened. <laughs> so you're going to just—it's a different lie now. Yeah, change it to a lie that you can live with. That's what I do. What would you do? Look, she actually died three years ago. We didn't want to freak you out. I mean, that would probably be the best policy. Well, that would be the honest policy. Yeah. But then you got to think about... I mean, we were all going through quite a little bit. Yeah. Right? Should I continue to insist that my mother-in-law obey strict rules about screen times and sweets when she babysits my son, even though my mom is allowed to break all of those rules? So... Well, she's an adult. Right. When you have the two grandmothers over to babysit, one grandmother has strict rules what you can and can't do with my my kid, but my mom can do whatever she wants. That's asking for it. Our son Felix was born four years ago. My husband and I made the decision that we wanted to limit his exposure to screens and sugar as much as possible. That worked well until last year when I went to work and my mother began providing regular child care, Mm -hmm. which for her came with dessert and cartoon time in the afternoon. We talked to her about it a few times, but she'd always revert. We finally realized she wasn't changing and decided that that was something we could live with in exchange for the free babysitting. I was going to say the babysitting's free, isn't it? And we focused on setting limits on weekends, and it's been fine. Well, recently, my mother-in-law wanted to have Felix over for a sleepover, which she was very excited about. We explained to her beforehand that we tried to limit sugar and screen time as much as possible on the weekends. But when we picked him up, We learned that they'd both been part of the visit. Ice cream and a movie in the evening, pancakes and some cartoons in the morning. Felix had a great time. I was pretty frustrated, and I told my mother-in-law as such. She said that it wasn't fair that my mom gets to share these kind of grandma indulgences with Felix, but she doesn't, and that she's already jealous of their closeness because of how much time they spend together. I told her, look, when you start giving us free child care, we can talk about screens and sweets. Well, that hit a sore spot for her. Yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. Since she'd love to care for Felix, but she's not going to be able to retire for years while my parents are well off and have more free time. We apologize, but haven't really spoken much since. She's done all of her communicating through my husband. She, he recently told me that she asked about another sleepover, but she didn't mention anything about screens and sweets. He thinks we should let Felix go and that a few hours of TV and dessert won't hurt him. I can't decide if he's right. Or if I should let Felix go only on the condition that she agrees to no television or sugar. Or should I put my foot down here and say no on principle because she has disregarded our wishes before? What do you think? You let the kid have some sweets and TV time. Yeah. Look at us. I mean, we ate ice cream, even pancakes, I would imagine, as kids. And we watched cartoons. And look at us. All the sugar and television I consumed as a child... (laughs) That's 99% of my personality as an adult. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, if, I, if I didn't have a, a spoonful of sugar uh-huh. and Tom and Jerry on the cartoon, I don't know what kind of person I'd be. I wouldn't like him very much, I promise you that. I'd probably be catatonic. <laughs> 
I mean, just sitting around thinking up equations all the time. Uh huh. No, we got we got enough eggheads. We need more sugar babies. Figuring out how to engineer a bridge. <laughs> what? As you can imagine, the uh, advice columnist here says you need to apologize to your mother-in-law <laughs> and let her grandson do whatever he wants during the sleepovers. Yeah, you're doing it once in a while. That's the whole gimmick is that grandparents spoil yes. their grandchildren. Yes. Why? And, and for you to say it's okay for one but not the it's other. A, it's a time-honored tradition. Yeah. This kid, we, we got to go get this kid out of this house. These people sound like nightmare parents. Although I like the idea that you guys went with Felix. I do. Because you want him to be more like the Tony Randall character? I just, I just, I like it. Well, hello. It's nice to meet you, Felix. And then finally, Darren. Yes. Is sliming of the glass a breach of etiquette? Over a decade ago, I was in a relationship with a woman who made the following mealtime complaint. Immediately after having a bite of whatever dish I was enjoying and chewing and swallowing that bite to the very best of my memory, I would take a sip of whatever beverage I was using to wash down my food. Okay, and you were leaving... This would invariably leave a slime trail on the rim of the glass. It wouldn't have to! The slime is uncontested and incontestable. Isn't sliming of the glass a common phenomena? And doesn't it truly constitute a breach of etiquette? I found the entire subject amusing during my relationship with this person, but now, long after she and I have parted, it is starting to bother me that perhaps I have been committing, lifelong, some horrible etiquette faux pas. I guess I don't know that I've noticed people sliming glasses. I don't understand what any of this means. He's talking about that, you, yeah, that, but you, if you had been eating something, you left what you've been eating on the, like, on the glass. Don't you swallow before you take the drink? Typically, yes. So these are people who are leaving. You have food in your mouth, and then you take a drink and with the food still in your mouth. I, and, but somehow the food is ending up on the glass. Can I tell you one of my favorite things to do? Uh, like, I, I will always, of course, swallow food and then have a sip. However, the exception to that rule, and I think this is 99% of the reason I love going to the movies... I'll get a Coke, and I'll get a bag of popcorn. Yeah? And what I like to do, maybe this makes me a weirdo. Maybe I'm sharing too much. But I feel like this is a safe place we've built for each other. I like to cram as much popcorn as I can into my mouth. Yeah. And then I take a sip of the Coke. And, and the Coke dissolves the popcorn in your mouth. Yeah. Brother, that's as close to heaven as you'll get. You do that for the whole bag of popcorn? You're damn right. You don't, it's not like you do it one time during the popcorn. No, you're right. I probably do it for half of the bag of popcorn. Just get a bunch of mouthful of popcorn, and you take a pull on Does a Coke or a Cherry Coke. That? I've never shared this with anyone. I can't imagine I'm alone in this, though. I've never, I've never done that. Oh, it's the greatest. It's the See, now, I've... now the all time greatest is if, and I've only done this once. It was March of 1987. You use a red vine as the straw for yeah. your Coke. Yeah. With the popcorn in your mouth. Yeah. As much popcorn as you can get in there. Uh-huh. And then the Coke dissolves the popcorn, and then you just start gnawing on that red vine you use as a straw. Oh, my God. It's the... That's... A, you're, that's the most fun you can have with your mouth. You're more beaver than man. 
<laughs> it's as good as it gets, I'm telling you. You're like, you're, you're a woodchuck. <laughs> Sitting there watching Lethal Weapon. Uh, just mouthful of popcorn. No one ever looks over and is like, what the hell is he up to? <laughs> no. No. I, I'm i not the only one that does this, who am left, I? Who left the... Who let the beaver in the theater? Well, I'm not gnawing on... It's just like you get the popcorn in your mouth and then the Coke just... Yeah, but it then activates. But, but I understand. And then it turns the popcorn into this yeah. delicious Coke-infused oh. slurry in yeah. your mouth. Oh, God. Really? Is that gross? It's not what I would do. I prefer just eating a couple... I like the individual the That's pieces the, of popcorn. The only time... I, like, I want the popcorn to uh, maintain its... Integrity, no, all the way down. No, 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 no. It's like a little science experiment going on in your mouth, and the way that the coke, like the carbonation, attacks. The oh popcorn, yeah, I get it. I get it. It is something else that goes on in your mouth. I get it. So I think that's that is the only occasion that I would take a drink with food still in my mouth, sliming the glass, as this person calls it. Although I use a straw when I'm at the movie theater. Yeah. I probably only it's probably the only place it's probably the only place I use a straw. Yeah, me too. Because it's the straws dark. are for children. I don't want a straw. Right. I, I want to be able to have ice in my mouth. Yes, I'm with you on that. But in the movie theater, it's dark. Am I am I pulling off my popcorn trick at the movies? Do I only do it at the movies because it's a dark room and no one's watching me? They're all watching the screen. And there's a straw involved. Right. If I were to have. If you did that... Popcorn here and yeah. a Coke, and I don't think I'd do it in front no, of you. you probably wouldn't. But there's something about being at the movie theater. Although, if you did have popcorn mm -hmm. and a Coke right now, yeah. I'd keep my eye on you. <laughs> Is he doing I it? don't think it's something I'd do with a can of Coke, though. It's got to be no, fountain... No, the straw. Fountain And pop. the straw. Right. Because the straw can, you know, make its way into your mouth while you've already got... Right. Popcorn in it, but I feel like the, the, the straw can still penetrate your mouth. Yes, I feel like when you do it the way that I'm describing, it's delivered. Does anyone else do so this? perfectly? Anyone else do it? The the sensation of, of the popcorn kind dissolving. of dissolving, dissolving in, in your, your mouth. mouth. I don't know what it is, and turning into a different thing, turning into a different flavor. Because originally, the flavor you have in your mouth is mm -hmm. popcorn. Yes. And then it turns into something else. I also think that part of the reason I do it is as a courtesy to my fellow moviegoers. Because in so doing it this crunching. way, you're not hearing me me chewing on that popcorn. You, you are, you're silent. Exactly. It's like I'm taking a little Coke pillow and choking the popcorn to death in my mouth. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Is that a weird thing to say? It's just what I'm into, man. Coke and popcorn, but and I'm you not... do this every time. Every time, oh, every time, yeah. Every movie, I gotta get the popcorn. I gotta get a Coke. Not the biggest Coke they got, but not the smallest. I like a medium Coke. I like a medium bag of popcorn, and I will just uh... probably not the best deal. It does. You know what though? You're only on this planet once. Actually, you're you're here forever. <laughs> well. You don't really go away. <laughs> it's just you're, you're. That's a fair point. You're here. This is a fair point you're making. You're yeah. You're 
You're staying here. I'm gonna go. Well, I guess they could fire you up into space, but that not too many people do that. No, that's for that's for people far classier than me with my popcorn mouthful Gonzo, of popcorn mush. Gonzo journalists. Uh, I don't have any. No one's supporting this, huh? I don't have any backup here on the text line. Well, that's line. okay to be unique. Yeah. Well, I don't think... I, I can't be the only one that does it. I wouldn't think so either, but I just had never heard of it. That you just let it... Uh, dissolve. Dissolve in your in your mouth. Oh, it's the greatest. Two. 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 Up in Minnesota, investigators are looking into allegations that two guys have been running a gambling scheme in casinos up there, and they've been using TikTok to make it happen. Okay. I don't quite There's get... already gambling going on. Yes, right. No, they have casinos but, uh, in, in different parts of illicit Minnesota. Illicit gambling. Right. Court filings this week indicate up in Minnesota, the State Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement Division... Boy, that'd be a fun place to work. Alcohol and gambling... Those are like my two favorite things. You'd never take the jacket off. I'm deep undercover. Court filings indicate that Minnesota's Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement Division is looking into allegations that a man from Adena, Minnesota, and his little brother have been collecting fees for playing slots on behalf of people watching them play the slots oh. on TikTok. Okay. So this is and you how you can't do that. Th- no. No, the, way, the 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 problem is you're placing bets on behalf of somebody else. Yes, you are. And that is quite illegal. The idea is you give us 5.99 to subscribe to our service and we'll play the slots live on TikTok for you. And for every $100 you deposit for us to wager on your behalf, we're going to take 25 bucks. So you give us $100, you pay you pay $6 subscription fee, then you give us $100, we'll take $75 and we'll play the slots with your $75 and you can watch us do that on on the on the TikTok. Just going to sit here and watch. Court filings indicate these two have been running this operation out of the Mystic Lake Casino in Prior Lake, Minnesota, and the Treasure Island Resort and Casino just outside Red Wing. So if you give me money and I go place a bet for you at the sports book, that's illegal? Technically, yeah. The whole gimmick where it used to be before we had casinos everywhere and sports books, the whole gimmick where you knew somebody in the office was going to Vegas and you gave him five bucks and uh-huh. said, put this on black for me. Yeah. Well, that's technically not okay. Okay. But certainly not okay to be live streaming it on TikTok. I mean, no one at the casino thought it was odd that these guys were constantly on their cameras? Or is that just how people are anymore? Live streaming so, every minute of their... Okay, and TikTok... I thought TikTok had a short window. It doesn't? You can watch it I as think long there's as you a TikTok, want? There must be a TikTok live, right? Yeah. If you subscribe, this guy had a hundred and sixty-five thousand followers around the world. So people in places that are not even not Minnesota, but not uh, America, are giving this guy money so that they could play the slots. 
By video highlights archived on his TikTok page show wads of cash and slot machines rolling up big jackpots, including last month a fifteen thousand dollar hit on one of the on the, one of the slots. But he only gets twenty five dollars, or what? What's he get? Well, if you if I were to do this gimmick with you, you give me six bucks. Now you're in for the subscription. You deposit $100, yes. I take $25. Okay. So now, that $75 I'm going to put in the slot machine, Yes. if you hit 15 grand, that's your 15 grand. Oh, okay. Right? So it doesn't... It's you not, don't get a... Perc- it, not there, a percentage of the winnings. No, there's no VIG yeah. in this TikTok scheme. Perhaps well, no, there should have been. That's all there, well, that's all there is. Right. That's all there is. Well, no, because there you're you're paying whether you win or lose. Vig, you pay on win winnings, not on all bets. Well, that's true. Yes, there's a just a fee. Mm-hmm. A fee. There's a five ninety nine dollar five dollar ninety nine cent subscription fee, and for every hundred dollars you deposit, twenty five of that goes right to us. That's I have a hard time winning with a hundred percent of my money. Well, let alone just seventy five percent of it. Well, if you're playing slots, you're gonna find you're not gonna win anything. Slots are for suckers. Minnesota Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement Division spokesperson Nicole Roddy, confirming this investigation to the Star Tribune up there in Minnesota. Uh, they say they have never ever encountered a case like this until now. I made thirty six dollars and fifty cents on the slots. How much did you put in? I put in $20, and I got $56.50 back. Okay. Well. And I cashed out. Let's see. (laughs) You took your ticket, and you were done. $36.50 I didn't have when I walked in here. That's not what most people do who play slots. They just sit there. I don't play them a lot. No. (laughs) Nor should you. Well, I should if I could just walk in there and make $36.50. Was this in Illinois? No. Iowa? Yeah. Oh. At one of the local casinos? Yes. Interesting. See, I would assume you'd be more of a Baccarat kind of dude. Well. You're so international. Always walking around in your tuxedo. That's right, a tuxedo in uh, Davenport. (laughs) Hoi polloi. Well, these two brothers up in Minnesota are uh, in some trouble. Well, the little guy, he was kind of funny looking. In what way? I don't know, just funny looking. Hey. I don't have any any mug shots here Ends to describe it. Wood chipper. <laughs> You're gonna want that true coat. 165,000 followers on the around how the many, world. I wonder how many customers. Yeah, I mean, this was a pretty good, pretty good scheme until it wasn't. And how much trouble is he in? Well, I don't know. I'm uh, what kind of what kind of laws are you breaking? That I don't know. They they are looking into these allegations on the TikTok gambling scheme. Okay, so they don't even know yet. I mean, I bet they have some idea, but it doesn't say in this story. Um, yeah, because it, what you're doing here, Darren, is you're laundering money. I mean, that's what they're going to get in trouble for. You're not only are you doing something that's clearly illegal in terms of you know gambling, you're money laundering, which they tend to front. I'm not you know, hiding anybody's money. 
I'm not fencing anything. Mm. One of the uh, tips that they got about this came when uh, somebody stopped her 16-year-old son from sending money to this guy. <laughs> right? So you're 16 and you want to play the slots. You can't because you're 16, but you got a TikTok. So you give this guy six bucks, give him another hundred dollars, yeah. and you watch him play the yeah. slots on your behalf. Yeah, so now you're having you're having you're helping minors gamble. Yeah. Well, That's gonna be frowned upon. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the idea of only only utilizing 75% of your money to gamble, it's already sounds like quite a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. The house <laughs> and these two guys always wins. <laughs> Story here of uh, someone asking a family member for a favor. Uh Uh-huh. A cousin. Can you do me a solid, cousin? Mm -hmm. 34-year-old Houston woman will be going to prison after she admitted trying to dupe her cousin and steal his lottery jackpot. Cousins are sneaky, man. Sneaky cousins. This unnamed man, back in 2020, this is in Nassau County, New York. Lottery scratch-off ticket. He won a million dollars on a lottery scratch-off ticket. That's pretty good. Well, he wanted to remain anonymous. Sure. Why wouldn't you? So he asked his cousin to claim the prize on his behalf. And the deal was, you go get the money, right? And then I'll give you 50 grand. 50 grand, mm-hmm. and no one needs to know about this. No one needs to know that I won the money, you see. See, I'll, so, keep, I'll keep the $950,000, right? and you'll have $50,000. Well, probably more like four hundred and thirty-eight well, grand. Regardless. Still, right? So I, need to, I want to stay anonymous. I get my cousin involved. Were you ever close to any cousins? No, I mean, not close. Because I, I wasn't. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say close. I had cousins, but... Uh, yeah, not close. Just you you'd I'd say we all get along. Yeah. But I don't I wouldn't say close. Yeah. See, my cousins were always very distant. Yeah, I think that's the key with cousins is if they're close they're and just, you see them all the time, they become more like a brother sister yeah, closeness. Yeah, that 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 was not my case. Yeah, no. I think with my cousins I would see them maybe once a year during the holidays. We'd have a fun time and then uh Let's just enjoy yeah, this. Let's, let's have a let's have a fun time. Let's just enjoy this <laughs> for what it is. Everybody had fun. Great. I'm going to go climb in the back of the station wagon and uh, take a nap and try and wipe all this from my memory. So he wants to remain anonymous. He asks his cousin Amador Argetta to claim the prize on his behalf for fifty thousand dollars, and Argetta did that. But then she forged lottery papers. And told her cousin that the ticket really only paid twenty thousand dollars. But you're going to keep fifty. What? I don't think something doesn't that add up. No, here. that doesn't add up because yeah, I'm keeping the fifty thousand. You, you, you know, I know that you're in the whole thirty thousand already here. I t- and I'm going to need you to pay up the difference. <laughs> So you, you want... wouldn't say that you wouldn't do it's only uh, yeah by the way it only paid twenty thousand dollars so uh then so, see here's the papers from the lottery that confirm that your million dollar ticket was only worth twenty thousand dollars 
but I'm going to keep that 50000 He didn't buy her story. And then he found a press release announcing that she had collected a one-time lottery payment of $537,000. Because here's the thing. Right. While you wanted to remain anonymous, she did not, could not. Which was a mistake. There's, <laughs> and the lottery likes to put out press releases because we need to know who won the money. And here's a nice big picture of me with a big smile on my oh, face. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here I am with a big phony check. Oh, no. On Friday, Argetta pled guilty to grand larceny and is going to do now one to four years. Yeah, see, that's what I just don't know. I don't know you well enough, cousin. Mm-hmm. I really don't to ask you to do anything. She's going to be sentenced in March to one to four years. This is the part of the story that I, I'm struggling with, though. She had to forfeit more than $317,000 from her bank account to her cousin. Okay, but she got paid five hundred and thirty-seven grand. She's got to give him three hundred and seventeen grand. Like, I don't know what to tell you, bro. That money's gone. Some of that money is who's uh, got to pay spent. who? She got a payment for five hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. Oh right, yes. She now has to forfeit three hundred and seventeen. No, I think you need to forfeit it all. Five hundred thirty-seven is what I need. <laughs> yes, I'm going to need five hundred thirty-seven thousand. Yeah, you should have never got that cousin involved. No, just go get the money yourself. Right. I'm going to need you to. Uh... This was all a big mistake. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go claim this money for me for reasons. And and here's the thing, like. Now we know more about this guy and his business. Yeah. By by, <laughs> by trying to remain anonymous. None of this worked. <laughs> None of it. Whole thing blew up in my face. So yeah, she's now pled guilty to stealing the million dollar scratch off ticket, saying, "Well, you know, look, it, it wasn't worth a million. It was only worth twenty grand." But remember, you told me you'd pay me fifty grand to do this job for you. So. <laughs> A joint investigation conducted by Glencoe Police Department and another office found that the victim, Argueta's cousin, purchased a New York State Lottery $5 Hold'em Poker scratch-off ticket at a convenience store in October of 2020 when the victim scratched the ticket off it revealed a million-dollar prize. He asked Argueta to claim the prize on his behalf to remain anonymous, promising... $50,000 of the price. Hey, I heard your cousin won a big lottery thing. I don't know anything about that. She lived in Virginia at the time and claimed agreed to claim the prize on the victim's behalf, drove to New York to receive the winnings. At the time, though, the New York State Gaming Commission was not accepting winning tickets in person. So Argueta mailed the ticket to the commission in November instead going to put a million dollar scratch off ticket in the mail if you're just putting something in the mail then why don't you just do it <laughs> i could have put it in if the you mail. can't claim it if you can't claim it in person within weeks our gunner reportedly went to deliver the new york state lottery paperwork to her cousin which said the prize winnings totaled twenty thousand dollars Along with the envelope, she handed her cousin an envelope with $13,436 in cash. She said the rest was held over for taxes. So the million-dollar scratch-off ticket, this guy gets thirteen dollars uh -huh. 
Mm, I'm not buying your story. I don't even know you that well. <laughs> so he sees his press release with her Big smiling, smile. <laughs> smiling, getting the lump sum payout of $537,000, like right? <laughs> he sees the press release. There she is with her dumb, smiling face. Uh-huh. He calls her up and says, hey, uh, I saw this press release. You're going to need to give me my money. Nah, it's all PR. She said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have any more money. And if you keep calling me, I'm going to have to take legal action. Cousin. Legal action? What? May of last year, she had to forfeit $317,857.13 in winnings from her bank account. That's still not all of it. Anything, any money you make in prison... I get that money, too, now. Cuz. Stop calling me that. (laughs) Number four. 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 Cafeteria workers in trouble down in Louisiana. This is in Tangpahoa Parish, Louisiana, where a cafeteria worker at a high school was arrested for allegedly selling homemade baked goods laced with marijuana to students. The hey lunch kids, lady. What a brownie! The lunch lady was bringing edibles that she made to the high school. You know, for the kids. Yeah. The sheriff's office saying that Tymetrica Cones is charged with possession and distribution of a controlled dangerous substance and distribution of a controlled dangerous substance in a drug-free zone. They really yes, frown on you bringing marijuana to a school, man. Yeah, that's true. I made them. Hey, kids. I made them over in my house by the swamp. That's real swamp water in them brownies. <laughs> <laughs> that's water right out of the swamp. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Deputies say that they were notified through a Crime Stoppers app that a cafeteria worker was allegedly selling homemade edibles. Superintendent uh, there at the Tangia Pahola Parish says, I want to commend this student who saw something and used the P3 app to bring this threat to the attention of our school officials and law enforcement. She was a substitute lunch lady, apparently. Uh, They... uh, How do you get, how do you get busted selling edibles as a substitute lunch lady at a high school? <laughs> I'm only here on pizza day. Oh no, my eyes are turning bloodshot. I'm going on a trip. I look like I'm doped out of my gourd. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. <laughs> this sloppy Joe is choice, they man. Call, yeah, they call me in on sloppy Joe day. <laughs> These are some kind lemon squares, sister. Thank you. But someone ratted her out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what that P3 app is for. And you see something, you're supposed to say something. So, Sounds like the guy that we know that ratted out uh, college kids smoking dope in the 70s. Yeah, the early 70s. <laughs> okay, was it? I won't stand for it. St. Ambrose narc. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you, man? It's 1973. Uh-huh. 
and you're narking out kids for smoking weed. Yeah. On a college campus. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. Not on my watch. He's just thrilled to share with us the story of how he was a <laughs> narc at St. Ambrose in the early 70s. Anytime I smelled that stuff, I went right to the authorities. Not uh, on my watch. Hall monitor. You are not going to all the way to the sully the good name of St. Ambrose with your marijuana. All the way to the president if I need to. <laughs> this goes right to the board. <laughs> five, 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 number five. Survey asked Americans what's their favorite U.S. landmark and their least favorite. These are things that you travel to see, and I, I have to say I'm pretty impressed with the number of things on this list that I've actually gone and seen. Such as? Well, um, the, the list here of things have you visited and then would you recommend. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just read off the places that I know that I've been to. Uh, Times Square in New York City. You got a slice. The Paul Revere House in Boston. The Mall of America in Minneapolis is on this list. The Gateway Arch in St. Louis. Uh, Rockefeller Center in New York City. I've been there. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore gets really good scores. Uh, Crazy Horse Memorial in the Black Hills. I've been there. Independence Hall in Philadelphia and the Liberty Bell. I've been to those places. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, the lamest of all landmarks, the one that people say was their least favorite. Uh-huh. Don't bother with it. It's the Hollywood sign uh. out in California. Hollywood is the least favorite of all of these U.S. landmarks. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. Uh, followed by the Brooklyn Bridge and then Times Square. I don't know. I thought Times Square was pretty cool. The all-time favorite U.S. landmark, according to this survey, is... Grand Canyon. Uh, no, that's a, that's a solid guess. Grand Canyon, not on the list, though, because it's not really a landmark. It's like a place. It's a natural occurrence. Mm -hmm. Right. Um... They have as the all-time favorite Arlington National Cemetery, followed by Mount Rushmore, and then the National Mall in Washington, D.C., the Pearl Harbor National Memorial, and Statue of Liberty, all on this. What's the, what's the favorite landmark, U.S. landmark, that you've ever visited? They have Cloudgate in Chicago on this list. Cloudgate. Yeah, also that's that's known as the Bean. Oh, the Bean. Yeah. Well, I've been to the Bean. I have not. That gets pretty good ratings. Seventeen percent of Americans say they've been to the Bean in Chicago. How many? Seventeen percent of Americans uh -huh. in this study say that they have been to the Bean in Chicago. The What's called a cloud gate. Well, I guess the Pearl Harbor thing. The Pearl Harbor Memorial. Yeah. Alcatraz gets pretty good scores. People really love going to Alcatraz. That could be kind of cool. 
uh, Empire State Building on this list. Hoover Dam. That's where our guy uh, Andrew Stetsky just went a week or so ago. That's where he saw raindrops just hovering in the air, not falling because of the wind. The Alamo is on this list. French Quarter in New Orleans. It's interesting to me, too, that the Mall of America and the National Mall are on this list. Very different malls. Like, there's no Sparrow at the National Mall. You can't find a footlocker anywhere at the National Mall. Hollywood sign is far and away the least favorite thing, because it's just like, well, that's it? It's kind of dinky. This is Dave and Darren in the morning. No mention of the uh, world's largest frying pan? Where is that? Well, the world's largest frying pan is in like 11 different places. So but the one in Iowa. That is that in Denton? No, I, I'm getting that wrong. Don't think it's Denton. It, that's not a place. <laughs> I'm making stuff up. Brandon. Brandon. Brandon, Iowa. And and that's actually Iowa's largest frying pan. Yeah. The world's largest frying pan is in Rose Hill, North Carolina. Okay. Well then the then it's I- also in Shelbyville, Delaware. And it's in we Long Beach, Washington. We shouldn't be surprised that Iowa's largest frying pan didn't make the list. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. It depends on who you ask. In Brandon, it's just next to the Quick Mart. And when you go to the Quick Mart there in Brandon, Iowa, they have a bunch of world's largest frying pan souvenirs. Would you like to look at it? The world's largest frying pan in Brandon was erected in 2004 by a couple of dudes that wanted to promote the Cowboy Breakfast Festival. Cowboy Breakfast Festival. I'm intrigued by this. I did a remote one time when I was working up in Rockford uh-huh. at a place that was right on the border of uh, Illinois and Iowa. And they claimed to have the world's largest candle in there. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, about. Like That's not that. Doesn't seem that tall. It's, it wasn't that much. So it's like seven feet tall. Yeah, I it was like <laughs> that's the world's largest candle. I don't. I don't think I. You almost. It was. It was like you know. I almost. I kind of believe it, <laughs> because sometimes the world's largest whatever might be a little underwhelming. It's like, well, how how big do you think the world's largest candle is going to be? Well, I. <laughs> I would think that... Like a skyscraper? (laughs) It's a candle. I would think it'd be at least a story. Well, you know, a story is what? Ten feet? Yes. I should think it'll... Disappointing world records would be an interesting book to compile. Like the... But believable. (laughs) So disappointing that it almost... Unbelievable. <laughs> it's like the world's biggest fish stick. It's like this. It's no big it's, deal. It's no bigger than like a, 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 a submarine sandwich. It's like, here it is. Really? That's the biggest one? Yep. That's it. How, how big do you think it would be? <laughs> I don't know. The world's biggest paper a, clip. It's like three times bigger than a paper clip. It's clip-clip. only three times bigger. Yeah, well, there it is. That's it. That's the biggest one ever. Nobody's ever made one bigger than that. 
No reason to. <laughs> huh. I thought it'd be bigger. Like how big? I don't know. At least one story. Disappointing roadside attractions. Now this I like. They've put together a list of the most boring tourist traps in all 50 states. In Iowa and Illinois, the world's most disappointing... These are not these are not landmarks like the Liberty Bell. These are things that people put up to to stop tourists from driving completely through their town. Yeah, like the world's biggest candle. The one in uh, Illinois is the Busy Beaver Button Museum. Uh, they, what does that even mean? It's the world's only museum of pinback buttons. And they say when you're the world's only of anything, that isn't necessarily a good thing or a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> Take this museum, which is an endless collection of buttons. The type that are pinned onto stuff. Hi, friends. I'm Dick Button. The Busy Beaver Button Museum you can find uh, when you're in Chicago, I guess. Go and visit that. In Indiana, they're home to the world's largest ball of paint. Ball I, of paint? I think that'd be kind of dope, actually. In Alexandria, Indiana, you can visit the world's largest ball of paint. How do you turn a five-ounce baseball into a 2.5-ton tourist attraction? You cover it in more than 24,000 coats of paint. Huh. That's what an Indiana father and his son started doing in 1977. Today, their creation lives in a barn on the Come family on, property. Let's go paint the ball. And is readily available for viewing by anyone who barely values their own existence. <laughs> the... Frying Pan in Brandon, Iowa, makes the claim to fame for the most disappointing roadside attraction in the state of Iowa. They write here on farandwide.com. In Iowa, we found an enormous garden gnome, an even bigger bowl, and a popcorn ball that will give you nightmares. But we settled on this frying pan for the least interesting tourist pet trap because of its humility. It doesn't need to be the biggest frying pan in the world. It's the biggest frying pan in Iowa, and apparently that's enough. For Kentucky, they have as the most disappointing roadside attraction, the gravesite of Colonel Harlan Sanders. Now, see, I think I would like to go see that. They 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 caution that there isn't even a KFC nearby. Well, you could figure that out. They're trying. Indiana's trying to say they have the world's largest candle. Oh well, this candle is much bigger. Oh, the the one that you saw. Although this doesn't look like it's it's not even a candle. So at least at least my candle was an actual candle. Was it lit? No, but I mean it's a problem with the world's largest candle. If you light it, it then you're every second it's getting diminished. It was made out of wax though. <laughs> See, this is just this is that's not a candle. No. What they have here. That's part of a building. That's not no. What are you trying to pull? In Dearborn, Michigan, they have Thomas Edison's last breath. In a can? In a jar? It's in a test tube. This is something that's at the Henry Ford Museum. Henry Ford was so obsessed with Thomas Edison that he convinced Edison's son to sit by his dying father's bedside and capture the inventor's final breath in a glass tube so that Ford would have something to remember Thomas Edison by. Oh, wow, that's... 
Anything for a fan. Here's a tube. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Okay, well, that was it. That We're done. That, that was, didn't hurt. That was the top five things. Well, no, it didn't that hurt. Wasn't... It didn't kill us to listen to that. And now we get a sucker? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a visit to the doctor. Huh. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang those kooks. You stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock on, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. We're cakes for nothing. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.